It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Support for this podcast comes from CDW and Dell Technologies. At CDWG, we get that migrating your agency to a hyper-converged infrastructure is challenging. Like me switching to decaf. Gotta do it, don't wanna do it, but gotta do it. Whoa, slow down, friend. CDWG's experts can help simplify your transition from legacy to hyper-converged infrastructure with Dell EMC solutions that offer speed and agility. Do it, do it. Have you done it? Is it done yet? Why isn't it done yet? IT orchestration by CDWG. People who get it. Find out more at cdwg.com slash EMC. This season, get football on your time with NFL Game Pass. See all the action from every game with full game replays or see the entire game and catch all the plays in just 45 minutes with condensed games. Go to NFL.com slash Game Pass to start your free trial today. NFL Game Pass, where football never stops. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team... Every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. Today, we're going to start the show by, as always, getting you caught up on the news, and then we're going to spend some time, as we have all week, really, talking about right guard after Thursday's practice revealed a new player getting reps with the number ones. In fact, the guy that you all know is on the practice squad, not even on the 53-man roster. After they bring Keaton Sutherland up from the practice squad to the 53-man, he's not the guy getting reps with the number ones. Not really a huge surprise, but we'll get into that to start the show. And then we'll shift into our expectations on both sides of the ball, heading into Joe Burrow's first game in front of home fans in Cincinnati. James, let's get started by quickly hitting the injury report. Mackenzie Alexander upgraded from a did-not-participate to a limited participant in practice. Geno Atkins was out there again with the team in full pads, remained a limited participant in practice. Mike Daniels goes from a rest day to a limited participant with an elbow injury, and that's something new for him as it was a groin before, but he did say that he feels pretty good. Mike Jordan still limited with a knee injury. Darius Phillips was upgraded to a full participant in practice with a knee injury, and that is a good sign. So for the Bengals, injuries actually trending in the right direction here a little bit going into week four. They could get Geno Atkins, Mike Daniels all on the field at the same time. Mackenzie Alexander trending in the right direction too. So those early week concerns about the cornerback room starting to diminish. But really the most interesting thing on Thursday's practice was who took reps with the number ones at right guard. Alex Redmond. He's back. And this is something we talked about a lot, Jake, right, is, is the idea that Alex Redmond could get a shot. And heck, the moment he was cut, we thought he was a potential candidate for the practice squad, ends up signing last week. And I think I know why, because he realized he has a real shot here with Xavier Suofilo, who did do a little rehab work, didn't have a, a walking boot on that ankle. So that is noteworthy, did a little rehab work, just ropes and stuff like that on Thursday during the, the portion that was open to the media uh, practice. But yeah, Redmond is a guy who I think has a good shot to start here. And the most interesting part about this isn't that. It's the fact that they promoted someone else. Keaton Sutherland is on the 53-man roster. That's the guy they elevated earlier this week, plays the same position, is a guard, second-year player, and yet it was Alex Redmond getting reps with the ones. And 
I'm not knocking them for doing this. I think of the two, Redmond has much more experience, more proven track record. I think you know what you're getting to a degree. But it is going to be interesting to see if he can be an upgrade, considering he didn't play at all in training camp. You know, he was out with that elbow injury. So what kind of shape is he in? Probably practiced with the team last week when he signed with the practice squad. But that's certainly going to be something to watch. I, I don't know how you could be much worse than Billy Price and Fred Johnson, but uh, it looks like he could get the the start this Sunday against the Jags. It's funny how much we miss Xavier Suofilo at this point, a guy who I saw as mostly a lateral move from from John Miller, who moved on from the Bengals last offseason. Currently, just to note the official depth chart on Bengals.com, still lists Fred Johnson, then Billy Price, then Keaton Sutherland at right guard. But the fact that Redmond is getting work with the number ones is telling. And this is a guy that didn't make the Bengals team out of camp, a guy that we know historically Jim Turner loves. This Bengals team seems to have a great affinity for Alex Redmond. And there's a chance that he goes out there if he does play this weekend and actually provides an upgrade at the right guard position after the snap. But the concern for Redmond has always been penalties, pre-snap penalties, holding penalties. We saw a lot of that last week. You got some of it from Billy Price. But when he was beside Bobby Hart a couple of years ago for an extended period of time, both guys just littering the field with yellow flags from officials. And that's something that we're going to have to watch this week. Yes, it's at home. Yes, there shouldn't be a lot of crowd noise. That's never stopped them before. And I actually like that he's on the practice squad for that reason. I want him to earn this. You know, Alex Redmond shouldn't just be able to fall into a starting job in the NFL. And that's kind of how it feels right now. You know, he's the guy that got hurt doing some UFC stuff in the offseason. He's the guy that's been undisciplined for years, and he has the physical ability. Like, no one really denies that. Like, you just talked about it, the mental mistakes. Let's see if he can cut them out. Let's see if he can seize this opportunity. And the the way it's going to work, obviously, is they're going to promote him potentially, and I would assume they are, from the the practice squad to the 53-man roster just for Sunday's game. But if he plays well, if he's even average, even if he gets a C, Jake, the bar's low. So if he gets a C on Sunday and doesn't have any crazy penalties or holds, well, guess what? He's probably going to be the starter in week five, in week six, and until Xavier Suofilo comes back. So it's up to Redmond to go out there and earn it on Sunday. We've been talking a lot about opportunity at right guard, another addition this week. And it just, we'll have to see who's out there with the ones on Friday. But man, would it be weird in a weird year already to have three guys on the official depth chart at right guard and they just bring a guy up from the practice squad to jump over all of them on Sunday. We'll have to pay attention and see what happens. Coming up next, we get into our expectations for Sunday as the Bengals play host to the Jaguars fans in attendance at Paul Brown Stadium for the first time this season and really a very winnable game. So I'm excited to talk about the things that we're looking for this week. This football season is different and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch this season. Whether you're one of the fans that's going to make it down to Paul Brown Stadium or you're watching from your setup at home, Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. Pepsi. Made for football. Watching. Go to madeforfootballwatching.com to check out the latest football watching content from Pepsi. We talk about Built Bar all the time. It's the best protein bar 
on the planet. They have 18 delicious flavors, six new ones that I, you have to try, whether it's the caramel brownie, the cookies and cream, lemon almond cheesecake. They have something for everyone. And obviously, great flavor, great taste. Here's the best part about Built Bar. They fit your macros. So they taste good, and they have low sugar and high protein. So it's a healthy snack, healthy alternative to what you're eating or what you're snacking on on a daily basis. And right now, you can save money. All you got to do, go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON. You're going to get $10 off your next order. Again, promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. Let's keep things rolling here on Locked on Bengals. And, Jake, it's a battle of the big cats on Sunday uh, at Paul Brown Stadium. Bengals, Jaguars, let's start with the Bengals offense. And, honestly, outside of Joe Burrow and Tyler Boyd, I feel like it's ugly. You know, T. Higgins had a, a nice game last week, a couple touchdowns. But there's not many bright spots here as I just look at the individual stats of these guys and we got to start with Mr. 12 million dollars, Joe Mixon. And I know it's not really all his fault or you know, maybe any of his fault to a degree, but at the same time he he's got to perform better. Um averaging 3.2 yards a carry, has 164 yards on 52 attempts, no rushing touchdowns this year. It's uh it's rough right now for the Bengals run game this week in this week to me you got to get it going at some point and take a little pressure off of this offensive line and pass protection and a little pressure off of Joe Burrow. If there's ever a week to do it, this is the time. Like this is the time this is the time that this is the first game that you start Joe Mixon this year if you own him in fantasy <laughs> and you're looking at those defensive line matchups and you're thinking, "Oh no, Joey Bosa." And then you're thinking, "Oh no, Miles Garrett." And then you're thinking, "Oh no, there's Fletcher Cox in week three. And then this week you look across the field and there's last year's early draft pick, Josh Allen. A lot of you familiar with, a lot of you UK fans out there know him well. And he's good. We we knew he'd be good last year. He's taking a step in year two. He's going to get a lot of Bobby Hart this week. And they've also got Caleb on chase on, on the other side. The rookie, former teammate with Joe Burrow at LSU. I'm sure he's going to want to finally hit Joe Burrow as he's not going to be wearing that red jersey as he was in LSU practices, but this defensive line is not the same caliber as what the Bengals have faced in the first three weeks of the season, especially outside of Josh Allen. The linebackers, though, could potentially be a little bit better. So unlike some of the defenses they've seen prior to this week, a little bit of a step down in the defensive trenches for the Jaguars and maybe a step up at the second level where they've got Miles Jack, who is very athletic, always a all-over-the-place playmaker kind of player, and they brought in Joe Schobert, who has been up and down to start the season. So a little bit better at the second level, a little bit worse in the trenches, much worse outside. But when we're talking about Joe Mixon, we're looking at those guys in the front seven, and there should, dare I say, there should be room for Joe Mixon to get going this week. You certainly hope so, and I, I totally agree with you on their linebackers. I think Miles Jack and Joe Schobert... Look, there's a reason the Bengals were in on Joe Schobert and free agency. They clearly wanted to get better in the middle of that defense. And um, even though I, I, I dislike that, I, I think there is a chance here for the Bengals' offensive line to step up. We talked about Alex Redmond. There's a chance here for strictly because of circumstance. You know, injury and, and poor play leads to him getting a start. But the opponent he's going against is, is a little more beatable than some of these other defensive lines that the Bengals have faced the Jags only have three sacks coming into this game 
Like, there's a chance you could keep Burrow relatively clean. I think the Bengals have made it clear this week that they want Joe to be Joe, as in Burrow, uh, but not take as many hits. And one way to do that is to try to get the run game going. And, and they did that. That's the crazy part. Jake, last week they did that on the first drive, except for the third and two play. Like, things were kind of rolling from a, a run game standpoint, at least as, as much as they can roll in the run game in 2020 thus far. And so I wonder if we do see a little bit more of that and uh, and you really try to take the ball out of Joe Burrow's hands a little bit because you know when you put it in his hands, he's going to make the right decision. But uh, I wouldn't be shocked at all if that's, that's the route they go to start this game. The thing is you can only do it if it's working and you can only sure. do it if the game script allows it to happen because if you're just running Joe Mixon into walls and your offensive <laughs> line is underperforming and you're gaining three yards per carry, you're just going to lose a football game. And so if that's how it goes for the first, you know, quarter, two quarters of the game and they're behind, we're going to see the same thing where Joe Burrow's taking 50 plus dropbacks in a game because they need to throw the ball because they can't move the ball in any other way and they're down or it's a close game. Now, when they are throwing the ball in this game, here's another week where if the receivers can't get open, then, you know, alarm bells just that, that maybe started going last week, maybe you started ringing them softly. You're just ripping them, putting your shoulder into it a little bit because there's no Darius Slay on this team in Jacksonville. There's C.J. Henderson, the rookie from Florida, who's been very good in his young career. And then there's D.J. Hayden in the slot. But all year we talk about how good these Bengals receivers should be. This is a secondary that they should beat. This is a secondary and a defensive line that shouldn't get immediate pressure like we've seen in the last few weeks and shouldn't have lockdown coverage really anywhere. But you know what? I said the same thing about the Eagle secondary outside of Darius Slay and separation was still at times an issue for the Bengals last week. Part of that is how quickly their pass rush got home, how much Joe Burrow was forced to adjust on the fly. But this week, just like last week was a get right week for the defense a little bit. Yeah, they had some failures at some pretty important times, but they did play a lot better. This should be a get-right week a little bit for the offense. It should. Look, they gave up 33 points to Ryan Tannehill and 31 points to Ryan Fitzpatrick. They're giving up 28 points a game, right? This is a defense that is certainly beatable. And so if I'm the Bengals, I would love to establish the run. But more so than anything, I just don't want to become one-dimensional. And I think they've had to do that really in all three games this year. And I'm fine with it if it's working, like you said, especially given the the wide receivers that you have. Look, this if Green is going to, and I've been bullish on A.J. Green, and I still am, and I think the Bengals believe in him, it's averaging 8.9 yards a catch. As long as catch is 15 yards. All right, some at some point, either Zach Taylor's got to scheme the man open or he needs to get open. Uh, and I know there's been you know little disconnects with Joe Burrow and stuff. This is the week where there is no disconnects. You've had a couple weeks of, of full practice. Uh, you've been able to watch film together. You've been able to to play three full games together. That's more than a preseason. Those are a lot of valuable game reps. So I, I think that uh, that it, it's certainly a get right game there. Uh, you know, we'll see if, if AJ can get back on track after a slow start. Um, one quick fun fact, and it's really just because I was looking at some numbers today. He has 116 yards receiving in three games. He's had 23 games in his career where he's regular season, where he's topped that receiving yardage amount in one game. And he's got that in three to start the year. So, yeah, I, I think they could certainly 
uh, get him going potentially. And really, Joe, there's a shot that you can give him some time, and I'm hoping this is the case, and he can just pick apart this Jags defense. Because if you do give him time, it feels like he is that type of quarterback already, even though he's only making his fourth NFL start, where he's going to be able to sit there, make the right decision, use his feet, buy time, and and really make plays. And that's what we all want to see, right? Especially in front of a a home crowd, even though it's 6,000, a home crowd. Uh, I would love it, and I hope that's the case, that this offense, regardless of the outcome of this game, that this offense can really show some of its its potential here and kind of hit, maybe not hit its ceiling, but but give us a glimpse of what they could be because I, I think they could be much better and more efficient than they've been in the first three weeks. If they don't this week, you have to start to wonder if they ever will. That's the thing. At this point, this week, Regardless of the offensive line, the Jaguars' defense is not a good defense. And if they can't get it done this week, then I I really wonder at what point it happens because it's not like they have a whole lot of cupcakes on the schedule. We haven't seen Baltimore yet. We haven't seen Pittsburgh yet. They got to play the Browns again, and the Browns do look better on defense this year, especially if they start getting some of their guys in the secondary back from injury. Those are five of their remaining games. So... This is a week that they have to show we can perform on offense when we do have mismatches, when we are better than the other team, regardless of the trenches. And and like we've talked about, if the trenches are bad again this week, you know it's never going to get better. Josh Allen is not Joey Bosa, and there's no complimentary player on this Jaguars defensive line. So So if it's not better this week, if A.J. Green can't get open this week against C.J. Henderson, against DJ Hayden, against whoever he's going up against, then I think you have serious problems. And even if he does this week, I don't think it necessarily tells you much. It's the expectation for me. So Mm -hmm. I'm more looking for them to confirm that they can be competent on offense and they should be competent on offense this week because if they're not, I'll have a really hard time seeing them coming out later this year, sometimes this season, and figuring it out. And you do wonder, you know, as we look at the other wide receivers, is T. Higgins going to make that catch at the end, right? Is he going to make some downfield plays? Because we didn't see that last week. Is Auden Tate going to continue to get more run? Will John Ross be active and will he be that speed element? Or will it just not be him? And are are they going to be banking on Higgins to make it, you know, downfield plays? Because if Ross isn't there, it will be, you know, the green Higgins show. Those are the two guys that you would look to stretch the field. And maybe they're comfortable with that, and and maybe it works. But you do need to see it this week. I agree with you. Because at some point, and specifically Green, let's stick with him, at some point he's going to be comfortable in this offense. At some point the rust is no longer rust. It's just who he is. And so if we're a month into the season, and that's what we'll be after Sunday, and it's still not right, something's still a tick off, unless it's just Burrow missing him, you know, and he's running wide and Burrow missing you know, other than that, if he's just not getting separation, it's either scheme or it's him, and probably both. Because the AJ Green I know could overcome any playbook, any quarterback, any cornerback, and he would make plays downfield regardless of the throw. So hopefully, uh, you know, the line gives Burrow time and we can see it because that is a big question mark. You know, Green's future. You know, T Higgins is he the guy that will be able to stretch all of that stuff? So hopefully we start to get some of those answers on Sunday. Obviously, it's an important game, but but there's uh, a lot of side notes and side stories to it as well. Yeah, 
And, and like I said, it's the expectation for me. And if it doesn't happen, then then those alarm bells are going. Let's shift gears, start to look at what we're going to see when the Jaguars offense is on the field, because this offense, despite all of your preconceived notions, led by Garner Minshew, Keelan Cole, LaVisca Chenault, Tyler Aford out there, they've been scoring points this year. We'll get into those matchups coming up next. There's nothing worse than having car problems and unreliable transportation. And with rockauto.com, you can make sure you always get from point A to point B safely and you can save money doing it. I've used rockauto.com and it is the number one spot to get any kind of car part that you need for your vehicle. It's a family business. They've been serving customers for over two decades. Go to rockauto.com right now and check out all of their auto and body parts. Hundreds of manufacturers, plenty of models. Check it out right now. They have everything from engine control modules to brake parts to what I've used them for, which is filters. I'm not going to pay someone else to replace filters in my car because it's very simple, very easy. You can do it yourself. Save money. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck. Be sure to write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. This is Ross Jackson from Locked On Saints. This podcast is brought to you by Carvana. In the age of online retailers, buying a car should be no different. And that's why Carvana invented a brand new way for you to buy a car. That's 100% online. Without leaving the comfort of your couch, you can browse and buy from their selection of almost 20,000 cars. And once you've made the purchase, your car comes to you, delivered right to your door, or you can go and pick it up from one of the coin-operated car vending machines. All of Carvana's cars come with a seven-day return policy, ensuring that you get a car that fits perfectly with your life. Not happy? Exchange it or return it for a full refund. And with its dedication to customer service, it's why hundreds of thousands of customers have ditched the dealership and given Carvana 4.7 stars in customer satisfaction. So check it out, the nation's fastest growing auto retailer at Carvana.com, C-A-R-V-A-N-A.com, Carvana.com. Let's take a look at the Jaguars offense and... Well, they got some firepower, Jake. I know a lot of people were thinking they were tanking for Trevor, but I, I kind of like some of the the guys on this offense. And obviously, the key for the Bengals' defense, regardless of the opponent, is getting big number ninety-seven back, Geno Atkins. We've talked about him a lot over the past month or so. He was in full pads on Thursday, a limited participant in practice after missing the first three games of the season. I don't know, Jake. As we record this, and we are recording. On Thursday evening, I don't want to say I'm 50-50, but that's kind of how I'm feeling. I'm 50-50 for Geno actually being able to suit up and play Sunday. This could be them ramping him up and getting him good to go uh, for that Week 5 matchup against Baltimore. So I would say I'm 50-50 that he is actually out there active and starting for the Bengals on Sunday. I'm personally leaning a little bit toward I think he's going to play, but I don't think he's going to necessarily play a ton. I think he'll maybe get less snaps than even a managed snap count might imply, like 25, 30 snaps kind of thing, ease him back in, get him back into game shape a little bit because not practicing for four weeks, which I think is what it turned out to be, might have been five is going to have some impact on your fitness. And Geno Atkins, I'm sure, is a consummate pro, and he's been doing everything he can to rehab his shoulder, to stay in shape, 
to get on the field in the best possible form that he can. But when you're coming off an injury like this, you've been down for a month. I could, I could very easily see the Bengals saying, you know what? We're going to give you 30 snaps. We're going to let you play a little bit. And then next week we'll get you up to that 50 snap mark. And then we'll be, we'll be off to the races from there. They've said they want to protect him a little bit to manage his snap count, to manage his load. He's kind of done that for them, unfortunately, with this injury through three weeks. That's going to take some long-term, I guess, wear and tear off the body this year. But I think that getting him back will give us a very good idea of how good this defensive line could be with him, DJ Reader, the guys on the outside, Dunlap, Lawson, Hubbard, because this is a pretty good Jacksonville offensive line. And, and that's maybe a little bit surprising. Jawan Taylor has been solid for them at right tackle. They've got AJ Can at right guard. I don't know some of these other guys on the offensive line, but from what I'm seeing from PFF so far, they've at least been good, if not better than good in some places. And so another good challenge for this defensive line to show us that the first two weeks were not the team that they're going to be this season. And with Geno Atkins back, this is a great, potentially back, I guess I should say, this would be a great opportunity for them to show us what they got. Absolutely it would, because you know that this offense can put up points. I mean, I know they struggled last week against the Dolphins, but I actually hate that. I wish they would have lost to the Dolphins like 31-30. The fact that it was 31-13 and they were embarrassed and DJ Chark was out at wide receiver, something tells me they're going to be clicking a bit and be really motivated not that they wouldn't be anyway, but you know what I'm saying, the bounce-back type games. I think they're going to put up some points regardless. So, yeah, having Geno out there to, one, be Geno Atkins, help the pass rush, get after you know a six-foot quarterback like Gardner Minshew, uh, who can move a little bit. And then this running back. A lot of people don't know about him unless you have him on your fantasy team and maybe you faced him. But Joe Burrow was an NFL Rookie of the Month for September is James Robinson. And this dude, he's an undrafted rookie out of Illinois State. 210 rushing yards, three rushing touchdowns, 10 receptions for a buck 29 in September. He's the first undrafted player in NFL history to post at least 300 yards from scrimmage and have multiple touchdowns in his first three games. I mean, he's balling. And you want to talk about rushing games and rushing attacks and, and things like that. This linebacking core without Logan Wilson, and I don't expect him to play due to a concussion, um, they're going to have to step up because this Robinson kid can run, he can catch, and this offense is going to try to push the ball down the field. So this is, I get it. You know, you looked at Jacksonville when the schedule came out, and you're like, all right, worst case, week four, that's their win. I think this is going to be a tough game in, in large part because that Jags offense should be able to put up points. They, they didn't against Miami, though. And Miami does not have a good defense. Despite all the money they spent, despite all the Brian Flores hype, Miami is still not a very good football team on either side of the ball. Jacksonville, however, has been run blocking very well, according to PFF. They're the 10th highest graded run blocking team in the NFL. And you mentioned when we weren't recording that this, this undrafted free agent rookie might have a better day running the ball than Joe Mixon. Mm-hmm. And what does that tell us, James? That running games might matter that running the football certainly matters in in the nfl but maybe james running backs importance 
is overrated and this is a lesson that some Bengals fans are learning the hard way. Maybe not. I would love it if Joe Mixon goes out there and breaks 70 tackles behind the line of scrimmage on the way to a 300-yard rushing day with six touchdowns. But come on. The, the, the way this season has gone, I think what we've learned is, uh, or what we're learning maybe, is may, maybe Joe Mixon needs some warm-up time. Maybe he doesn't trust the offensive line yet. Maybe there's some hesitation to his game. But we're here to talk about the the ball when the uh, Jaguars are on the field. And DJ Chark is a name you mentioned. He didn't play mm-hmm. last week. Yeah, I think that's a, a huge reason why they didn't put up points against Miami. Yeah, that that's a concerning thing for me. They they have weapons of wide receiver. LaVisca Chenault is a tank, is yeah. a fun player out there I as love a rookie. His game. Yeah, and he will be a handful for the Bengals cornerbacks. And if he gets Darius Phillips, he might just outmuscle Darius Phillips a couple times. Not to say that Phillips is a bad tackler, a bad player, or anything. He's definitely small, but he's a willing, willing player in the run game for sure. LaVisca Chenault is a, a bit of a tank, like I said. Keelan Cole in the slot, really good player. DJ Chark, one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. And Garner Minshew, while he wasn't very good in week three, for the first two weeks of the season, was one of the better second-year quarter quarterbacks in the NFL. So that's something that, you know, the, the offense is scary for Jacksonville. The defense for the Bengals not playing great, really outside of Jesse Bates, William Jackson, maybe you throw in Carl Lawson as well. Somebody needs to step up and start making some plays because otherwise, you know, we're looking at another shootout, and if the Bengals get behind, all that talk we had in the first part of the show about balance and about getting the game script in your favor, not flavor, about running Joe Mixon, all that goes out the window and Joe Joe Burrow's dropping back 60 times again. And the crazy part is, is on paper, the Bengals should still win a shootout. Because if you're banking on a defense that, and I'm going to just, for this argument, say that he's playing, a defensive line that needs to get after and get one stop at the end of a game that has Geno Atkins and DJ Reader and Sam Hubbard and Carlos Dunlap and Carl Lawson, well, they should be able to get that done, right? Uh, an offense, if they need to get a st- score at the end of the game and they have Joe Burrow under center with A.J. Green on the outside, Tyler Boyd on the other side, and you know T. Higgins and Mike Thomas and Auden Tate and maybe John Ross and obviously Joe Mixon and Giovanni Bernard, they should be able to get a score. So I should feel good if it goes to a shootout on either way. But I'll tell you right now, if that happens Sunday, I'm not. I'm going to be like, man, you know, if it's 34-30 and the Bengals have the ball, two minutes to go, and they're driving out field, I'm going to be like, oh. Not not because of Burrow, just because it hasn't got – they've been a tick off in those situations, uh, you know, for a long time. And Zach Taylor is 0-10-1 in one-possession games. And at some point, that matters. This is a bad football team the Bengals are playing this week. They have some good parts, but I remain convinced that Jacksonville is a bad football team. And I also thought that the Chargers were a bad football team when they put Justin Herbert in there. I think they got a little bit better. So they're subverting my expectations a little bit. That defense is better than I even thought it would be, and I thought it was pretty good. But I think this is a a very winnable game for the Bengals. And this is a game where if they don't look good, then I, I... really start to get a little bit I don't want to say despondent but despondent about the rest of the season and sure. and, it, and it starts to look like a really long season and and this is a game that if you're Zach Taylor this coaching staff and, and you don't come out and hit 
I know Jacksonville's getting paid to do their job too, but uh, th- this has to be seen as an opportunity that you have to take advantage of. James, let me get a prediction from you before we get out of here. If I don't pick the Bengals to win this game, I'm not sure I'm going to pick them to win any game the rest of the year because you're right. They should win this game, but it should be a fun one. Uh, but they're at home, fans. So, yeah, I'm going to take the Bengals ooh, by three, 34-31. I, I think that would be the, the first first time this year they don't cover, right? They're three-and-a-half-point favorites at home. Did I, did three, I see that right? Three-point, oh, so they'd still cover. So you're taking – you're going – you're towing the Vegas line. That's right. Now, here's the thing. Of course it's going to come down to Randy Bullock, so you're banking on that. Two, I need a prediction. Come on, Jake. Give me a prediction. Nope. Come on, Jake. Nope. You know what you, know what you better be giving me on Sunday? I, I hope it's a woo, James, but a that's woo. not up to me. There we go. A that's, woo. That's not up to me, is it? Hopefully we're a few days away from a woo, Bengals fans. Wouldn't that be great? I do think the Bengals can win this game. Wouldn't that be great? Don't sound too excited. <laughs> this is who I am. Everybody knows this by now. That's going to do it for this episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. We'll be back on Sunday, hopefully after a Bengals win, hopefully for that fabled woo that we've been just hyping, James, for, for about a month now. Woo! Until then, Bengals fans, who day and have a good one. Did you watch the 2020 Reds with higher expectations than a first-round wild-card exit of epic proportions? Did you think that the Reds hitting would come around with the signings that they made last offseason? Are you wondering who is asking you all of these questions? Hi, my name is Jeff Carr, and I host the Locked On Reds podcast each and every day, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every day. Throughout the offseason, I'm going to take a look at these Reds, how they fix what didn't work in 2020, and how they continue their success in 2021. But wait, there's more. I'll also have interesting interviews with players, writers, and everyone in between talking about the Cincinnati Reds. Come join me on the Locked On Reds podcast each and every day.